Hi, my name is Father Mike Schmitz, and this is Essential Presents. So, a little while back, uh, a man came to me, and he was saying that um, everyone tells him that he needs to have uh, deeper friendships in his life. And he was saying that I have enough people in my life. I'm not lonely. I'm not wrestling with any kind of like uh, absence of company, an absence of uh, even closeness. But the people who really know me tell me that I don't have any good friends. And I think that's really actually really interesting because um, unlike this guy, there is, I've read a number of articles about uh, what has been termed the crisis of friendship um, that is in our culture right now. That not actually just in our culture, I mean it's across the world in many ways, many parts of the developed world, there's this sense of um, disconnectedness, right? One of the reasons, actually the main reason, when it comes down to it is, well, two main reasons. The second main reason is going to be at the end of this. The first main reason is uh, we don't have close families anymore. I mean, it's actually, isn't it just like the, the, the dumbest thing in the world that for centuries, for millennia, uh, what would happen when you became an adult? You would typically, you know, marry someone and then move in next door to your parents or move into the next floor above your parents or you'd stay with your extended family is what I'm trying to say. And now a mark of adulthood is what? You turn 18 and you move, not just like down the street. Typically it's you leave your hometown and maybe even leave your home state. And like that's what we call like being a mature adult. That's what it is to be a grown up is um, the sign is you've left your hometown. And that's so weird because forever, pretty much, I mean, people have always left, but for a really long time, we didn't leave. We stayed close to our families. We stayed close to the people that we, that we know and that we care about and that love us and the ones that we love and, and the ones that uh, they know us and they care about us and they, you know, no, it's so interesting that the big test of being an adult now is, hey, leave everyone who knows you, cares about you and loves you and go to a place where no one knows you, uh, no one cares about you and no one loves you. It's very strange, but we have to do this. We don't have to, actually, you could choose not to, I guess. But we do this, and we end up lonely. This guy, though, was like, I'm not lonely. Even in the midst of this crisis of loneliness, I don't find myself friendless, or I don't find myself aching for friends. And I'd say, okay, a couple things. One, give it time, come back to that again. Two, I believe him. I believe that uh, this guy wasn't experiencing any kind of like crisis of friend friendlessness or a lack of, of people in his life. But I would imagine that he has an issue, and I actually kind of know the guy, so he has an issue when it comes to the depth of those friendships. Because there's different kinds of friendships, right? Um, some of them are, are just, the, well, there's three kinds. Aristotle pointed out three kinds of friendship, pleasant friendships. Those are friendships based off of the fact that you enjoy each other's company. You have a good time together. Again, it's it's kind of like, you know, the coffee group that gets together has a good time, has, has nice conversations. It could be like uh, the people that like, no, we like to hang out on the weekends and we go fishing together. Pleasant friendships are just that. They are pleasant. Um, and that's what binds the people who are part of them together. The second kind of friendship Aristotle would talk about are useful friendships. And those are the friendships that, um, like, you know, you might be close to the people at your work because you're in the same geography all of the time. And it is useful for you to kind of get along and you actually enjoy getting along with each other. And they're helpful. They're useful. Um, friendships of utility. Now, 
those aren't necessarily, sometimes people hear that in like useful friendships, they think like using another person. I guess a person could do that, but that's not what we're talking about. We're simply talking about the fact that um, maybe you're working on the same project. As long as this project exists, like your, your buddies, if you can remember back to when, um, if you did sports in high school or college or, or maybe weren't in band or choir, like when you were in band or choir, when you were in football or whatever the thing was, those were your buddies, those were your, those were your pals, those were your friends. But then when the season changed, now it was time for debate or now it was time for um, swimming or whatever it is, your group of friends changed because they're just, they're useful friendships. And now even we see this as adults as well. Now, my thought with this guy is that at the moment, those kind of friendships are actually adequate for him. What I mean is that, uh, not that they ultimately will be, because they're not gonna ultimately I had this analogy of uh, calcium supplements. So imagine this. Um, imagine someone's like, dude, you have to cure your bones and you gotta take some calcium supplements or else you're not gonna have enough calcium for your bones and for your teeth and for your hair, whatever else calcium does. So you need to take those supplements. You need them really badly. And the person says, I don't, I don't feel like my bones are brittle. I mean, I know that osteoporosis exists, just like I know loneliness exists, but I don't feel osteoporosis in my life. <laughs> I've not been ossified or whatever. Um, and I also don't feel lonely. It actually could be that you're getting enough supplements, you're not getting enough calcium from the actual food you eat. That is actually a possibility. Just like I'm getting enough connection time with the useful friendships and the pleasant friendships in my life. And so maybe I'm actually staving off osteoporosis by eating enough foods with calcium in it, just like I could be staving off this friendlessness by having enough surface friendships in my life that kind of leave me okay. I'm actually doing okay. That's not a bad thing. That's a fine thing. I'm just trying to diagnose the problem. Here's the problem. Useful friendships and pleasant friendships, although they're good, and that's an important thing to understand, they are good things they are both flimsy and fleeting. They're flimsy because the only thing binding the people together are either we have a good time or our circumstances. We just happen to be working together. The thing that unites them is not big enough to last a lifetime and it's not big enough to go deep. And they're fleeting, meaning that the good time comes to an end and the work, project, the job comes to an end. So there's a third kind of friendship that Aristotle would talk about. He called it virtuous friendship. It's when the friendship is centered around the good. Now, obviously it's gonna be pleasant and obviously it, sometimes it's gonna be useful, but that friendship is based around some, the pursuit of something that is not flimsy and that's something that is not fleeting. It's pursuit around um, pursuing the good. So when you find someone who is racing as Christians, someone who's racing after Christ, and you say, oh my gosh, that person is going for what I'm going for. And you see, you get the sense that there's a connection there in that pursuit of the Lord. And you actually recognize not only that they're doing the thing you want to do, but you also recognize that um, they're, they're kind of, you like them and uh, they're, you're helping each other out. So there is a piece of the usefulness of friendships and the pleasing part of friendships in virtuous friendship. And you begin racing alongside of each other helping each other along because that uh, the depth of what you're pursuing is deep enough and the goodness of what you're after is really good enough and big enough 
It is not flinty. It's not fleeting. It is strong and it is lasting. Last little thing. Here's the person who doesn't feel lonely. Again, if you're that person who doesn't feel lonely, that's great. I mean, we all feel lonely and loneliness isn't a bad thing. There's a whole nother video about that. But it could very well be that a person doesn't feel lonely because they have enough people in their lives. But secondly, it could be because they're distracting themselves out of um, any kind of reality. What I mean by that is the number one ingredient for friendship is time. So, I mean, that's just kind of, that's it. If you don't have time for anyone, you can't have friendships. The number one ingredient for friendship is time. But if I don't have any time and I don't feel lonely ever, chances are I'm distracting myself from my loneliness. So I mentioned in the beginning of the video that family and not being near family is one of the problems of our age. The other one is we're so busy. We're so busy we don't have time for anyone. We don't have time for anything that makes life actually worth living. We don't have time to pray. We don't have time to get close to the Lord. We don't have time uh, for family. We don't have time for friends. We don't have time to just even rest. We just have to race, race, race. So, if you're saying, how do I uh, grow in friendship? Whether they be pleasant friendships, useful friendships, or virtuous friendships, I would say to create time. In fact, I think Matthew Kelly has a, has a phrase called carefree timelessness. And that's what's necessary, he says, for, for true deep friendships. And I agree with him. To have great friendships, make some space. Create some time. And invite someone into that space. Invite someone into that time with you. For all of us here at Ascension Presents, my name is Father Mike. God bless. Like, share, subscribe, comment below.